Hello and welcome to Rewriting the High Street with me, Catherine Price. Hi, I'm Catherine Price and I'm the Business Improvement District Manager or Bid Manager for Blackburn Town Centre in the northwest of England. It's my job to work on behalf of the businesses in the town centre and on our retail parks to deliver projects and services which benefit the businesses and the town centre area. This is a podcast series about high streets and if you've listened to previous episodes you'll know that I've been looking at the issues and challenges facing our high streets and town and city centres. In the first two chapters I've set the scene looking at where we are at the moment in town and city centres And I've also looked at how the way we work has had an impact on footfall on the high street. It might not have escaped your notice that I've managed to produce three chapters or episodes, well, two and a bonus so far, and that's taken me over 12 months. I'm squinting as I say this. I've been beating myself up about the time it takes to produce each chapter, research, write, interview, edit and release each podcast, and finding the time has been extremely difficult. It's helpful to my role and I'm always wanting to learn more about high streets and place management and how I can be the best bid manager I can be. And I've also loved learning about creating a podcast, something I listen to all the time. But my microphone has been glaring at me on this desk for months now and I've come to accept that it's not realistic for me to produce the podcast as I had originally planned. I'm doing my best to be kind to myself about that. And I've been thinking if there is a more realistic way of doing it so that I'm not stopping altogether. And so I've decided to continue with the podcast series, but with a slightly different format and focus. So now each episode or chapter, I'm going to be doing a roundup of the biggest news stories involving and affecting the high street over the last week or so. It means that I can keep up to date and help you, the listener, be up to date with the latest challenges and good news stories about how our town and city centres are changing, evolving and responding to the current climate. I'm looking forward to learning together with a more frequent, shorter podcast, which I hope will still be interesting and useful. If you spot anything which you'd like included in the podcast, please contact me at rewritingthehighstreet at gmail.com. So let's get started with this week's Rewriting the High Street. The first story I want to look at is the sharp rise in the number of shops closing on the UK's high streets, shopping parades and out of town shopping parks in 2022. This is a report from the Centre for Retail Research, which is an independent research body providing analysis of retail sector trends. So in 2022, they say that 17,145 sites shut up shop, which is the highest number for five years and was at a rate of 47 a day, which is an absolutely frightening number. Uh, Apparently, amongst that, large retail chains closed 6,055 shops, while 11,090 shops were closed by independents. So that total number of closures was nearly 50% higher than 2021, uh, the researchers have said, um, when in that year, 11,449 closed in Blackburn. Last year, we did seem to see a noticeable increase in uh, empty shops 
on the high street and more so than in 2021, which is when I'd expected to see the biggest impact. But potentially with the support that was provided from the government uh, through the pandemic, that's meant a a delay um, in businesses closing um, when they might have otherwise. So perhaps that's why. Um, I mean, in 2021, we lost one of our biggest businesses, um, as did lots of um, places, because our Debenhams closed and that had a big impact. Um, We've got Job Centre Plus that has filled about half that retail space, which is good because it's it's a service. So uh, it means that people need to come in to to use it. But it's still a big loss from the high street. And I don't think any other retailer has really um, kind of picked up that baton and, and run with it when, when they could have. But yeah, the bigger impact has been in 2022. So the report saying that um, the retail sectors faced a, a barrage of challenges last year. Uh, can you believe that we're calling that last year now? Um, prices rose sharply and shoppers reined in their spending as a result. Costs for retailers also rose with steep increases in energy and wage bills in particular. Um, it does say, though, that only around a third of closures were due to insolvencies. And the number of stores closing because a parent chain with more than 10 stores went under um, actually fell. So that's your likes of um, Arcadia, um, which went under in 2021. And we've seen less of that in 2022, um, but still obviously an issue. Um, What the report says is that rationalisation now seems to be the main driver for closures, um, with retailers reducing their cost base at pace. Um, so that means that re- they're reducing the size or number of the premises in order to reduce costs, which also tells you that the rents and business rates are still some of the biggest costs faced by businesses um, and kind of the the main thing to be reviewed uh, when a business is, is struggling. Now, there are a couple of big things happening with business rates this year. Um, firstly, the delayed revaluation of the rateable value of businesses, so that's how business rates are calculated, uh, comes into effect in April. So some businesses will see a reduction in their rateable value and therefore the amount of rates that they pay. Um, And at the same time, there's going to be a 75% discount on business rates for uh, the retail, leisure and hospitality sector. Um, That's up to a limit of £110,000 per business. Currently, there's a 50% discount for those businesses. Um, So that's obviously going to increase. Whilst I'm on the subject, did you know that you can check the rateable value of any property at gov.uk and then you can use a multiplier that's set out on the website to estimate what the business rates will be. That's a vital tool for the revaluation and for businesses to understand what their business rates liability will be from April. Um, But also if you're considering opening new premises uh, or opening in premises for the first time, really important that you can say exactly what you'll be paying um, and exactly what your overheads will be. Or pretty much, they do stress that it's an estimate, but it'll be there or thereabouts. The revaluation also has an impact on bids, like in Blackburn. So businesses within the bid areas are charged a levy, which is based on a small percentage of their rateable value. If the rateable values overall reduce, it's great news for businesses. I'm always going to support that. But 
it means the amount of levy a bid collects will be less and that could impact on the projects and services that are able to be delivered by the bid, which also has an impact then on those businesses. The other issue that the articles raise about this news is that shops standing vacant are exempt from rates altogether for three months. After that, they're subject to the full rate charge and they aren't eligible for any discounts. Um, And there's a quote from um, Robert Hayton, who's the UK president at retail estate advisory group Altus, um, saying that the approach to empty properties by the government needs to be reviewed. The quote is that rate-free periods need to be urgently extended to reflect the time that it actually takes to re-let vacant properties. And it's a really tricky issue. The reason behind the rate-free period um, and it being limited to just three months is to ensure that landlords, particularly those who don't live in the area where they have property, they're often referred to as absent landlords, um, don't leave their properties empty because they've no incentive to get them occupied. And having in a previous life dealt with enforcement on empty, untidy properties that are detrimental to the local immunity... It is an issue with some landlords. They will leave the properties vacant and neglected. And, you know, I've spoken to some landlords directly whose views were, you know, that property is my retirement fund and I shouldn't have to spend any money on it. And, um, you know, a real, a real difficult attitude to it. Um, But we also know, as this news highlights, that businesses are closing at an alarming rate and it isn't easy to replace them with new tenants, especially when business rates and, and rents are, you know, are on the high side. So perhaps it's unfair to have such a short rate free period for empty properties um, and or to exclude them from discounts. And perhaps it needs to be altered so that it's a bit more realistic Uh, bearing in mind the current economic climate. I also think that if as a business you move into a previously empty property, you should get a rate-free period as standard. I know that local authorities have discretion to offer that kind of support um, to businesses uh, to support growth in the local economy, but local authorities are really struggling with their budgets So I think that's unfair to put the onus on on local authorities to use their discretion. I would suggest it should be government funded um, as part of their drive for growth rather than it um, being something that local authorities really struggle with. Um, And I think it could have a big impact then and make it easier for landlords to let their properties because there is that rate free period um, as an incentive. The next piece of news is about changes to the way we work since the pandemic, something we covered um, in chapter two and the bonus episode. Um, so the headline is Tuesday to Thursday is the new office working week data suggests. And this is from mobile phone data, um, anonymised phone data from more than 500 UK high streets and taking the data from 2019 up to 2022. So what it's found is that um, there is increased activity in many suburban and small towns, which is linked to the trend from working from home. And seaside towns are significantly busier than before the COVID pandemic. 
Um, but city centres are um, conversely quieter um, and have seen a decline in footfall. So Mark Allen, chief executive of property firm Landsec, is quoted as saying that Tuesday to Thursday is now incredibly busy in the city of London, uh, but activity on Mondays was only 50 to 60 percent of that level and Fridays are almost as quiet as weekends. So he's saying that we're not going back to how things were pre-COVID as far as he's concerned. We certainly believe there are going to be fewer people in offices for the longer term and we're planning accordingly. Um, and the real estate firm CBRE Investment Management have said that empty office space in London has more than doubled in the last three years. So it seems to be that um, those areas where they've got more of a mix and so less reliant on um, offices to make up their um, footfall and kind of the population of the place um, are experiencing um, more of a, a boom um, and are recovering faster from the pandemic. Um, and we've got, as we talked about um, in the last chapter, uh, the fact that residents are spending more time at home. They've moved out of city centres in many cases and into um, uh, you know, smaller towns and areas where they can get better value for money on their properties um, because they're not so reliant on, on going into work and going into big cities to do their work. So the article says that towns with shops, offices and housing all within walking distance, what planners are calling a 15-minute city, have done well and the town centres with the biggest increase in activity um, are cited as Marlow, Glossop, Matlock, Colchester, Buxton and Melton Mowbray. And then there's also um, mention of the seaside being particularly attractive to people who aren't commuting in the same way um, and Budley Salterton in Devon um, is focused on as a case study of how well they're doing. Um, it's been featured on the BBC website and also on the BBC News channel. Um, and they've got no empty shops, um, apparently, when uh, when they visited. Um, and other seaside towns that have seen a big boost in high street footfall include Morecambe in Lancashire, uh, Budley Salterton, Porthcarl, Skegness, Folkestone, Margate and Scarborough. Morecambe in particular has seen a 70% uh, increase in their footfall and Budley Salterton is up 59%. So they are massive um, increases. Uh, in Blackburn, I, I monitor the, the footfall um, and report on it to our exec board. Um, and we have seen a difference as a result of people not working in the town centre. Um, and we have some big employers in the town centre, particularly the local authority. Um, so it has made a difference, but it's fair to say that because we've got a real mix in the town centre, we haven't been as uh, impacted as major cities like Manchester, Birmingham and London. We've also found that whilst we have seen some uh, reductions in footfall when compared to pre-pandemic levels, um, we haven't seen as much of a reduction as um, the North and Yorkshire have seen, um, and that's how we benchmark and put into context our um, footfall data. Um, nor is it as much of a decline as the wider UK have seen. Um, so it appears that um, Blackburn is being buffered 
um, to some extent, obviously uh, partly down to the hard work of the bid, um, but also because there is a mix um, of office, retail, leisure and hospitality. And we've got um, a lot of residential accommodation within a short distance um, from the town centre. So it does appear to, to make a difference. And it all just reinforces what we've discussed previously, which is that the way we work does have a big impact on our town and cities. And important to say, um, not just detrimental, it's clearly um, incredibly positive um, in many areas. And particularly, as this article points out, in seaside towns like Morecambe and Budley Salterton. The final story I'm going to cover in this chapter is about um, big brands, including Next, B&M and Greggs, reporting sales boosts over Christmas. And that's despite rising prices, rail strikes and severe weather. So firstly, Next have said that their sales rose by 4.8% in the nine weeks to the 30th of December after a, a dramatic boost in their sales um, during that period. And it was its retail stores that really drove that performance with those sales jumping 12.5% in stores compared to 0.2% um, for online sales. Uh, we've also got Boots, um, owned by US firm Walgreens, saying that it had a very strong Christmas. Retail sales jumped by about 15% in December when you compare it with 2021. Um, and they've said they've seen particular increase in demand for its basic range, and that's up by a third. Greggs have said that sales surged by nearly a quarter over 2022. Um, it added 150 shops to its empire, um, and there was uh, there was a story this week also about the collaboration between Greggs and Primark and how well the sales of their Christmas jumpers and fashion range had done. Um, I once saw, uh, not so long ago, in Blackburn Town Centre, a group of um, teenagers all wearing Greggs polo shirts, and we were we were um, seeing the opening of a, a new Greggs store at the time. So I thought, oh, have, have they been employed? You know, are they in for training um, in the new store? But it turns out they just um, all bought them from Primark in Blackburn. Um, so that was quite funny. Uh, we've got also discount retailer B&M saying that comparable sales rose across its shops by 6.4%. And then overall, Springboard have reported that shopper footfall in December in the UK was up 5.8% on the month before um, and 9.9% higher than in 2021, um, which is all great. The media coverage points to a few reasons why those stores in particular, I mean, not all stores have, have broadcast their results as yet, um, but in terms of why those stores have reported better than expected profits in December, um, they're saying it's clear that shoppers are seeking lower cost items um, with B&M seeing increases and Boots reporting that sales of their basics cheaper range were up. Um, also, the stores have a big retail park presence and out-of-town retail parks have fared better in terms of footfall since the pandemic. Plus, the train strikes have contributed to people struggling to get into town and city centres, and so people have gone to, to retail parks instead. 
Whereas there's lots of reports about how the train strikes have detrimentally affected hospitality in the run up to Christmas and led to reductions and cancellations of Christmas bookings. It's not really mentioned in the reports, but the postal strike will have impacted on some people's choice to purchase in store and have gifts in their hand rather than risking the stress of a delayed delivery which doesn't arrive in time for Christmas. Alongside all this positivity, Next is warning of a tough 2023 and separate reports have said that they expect to increase prices for their spring and summer lines. Um, But at least it's starting the year in a better position than it had originally forecast. Well, that's it for this chapter and my roundup of recent news around the high street. So what have we learned? We've learned that shops closed at a rate of 47 a day in 2022, that the new office working week is Tuesday to Thursday, that town and city centres less reliant on office workers for their footfall have fared better in terms of footfall since the pandemic, and some seaside towns are seeing huge increases in visitors, and finally that some big brand retailers have seen bigger than expected sales in their bricks and mortar stores in December. The sources of the stories are BBC News, The Retail Gazette and Springboard. The stories were researched by me and the opinions expressed are my own unless otherwise credited. This podcast was created using Anchor FM and the artwork was designed using freepick.com artwork by Starline and Macrovector. Thank you for listening. See you next time.